This week we're off to Akatenango uh, and the Perez family to join them on their exciting farm, La Soledad. Exciting and amazing. My name is Steve Layton and I travel the world finding amazing and delicious coffee for you to drink at home. Some make coffee difficult to understand and complicated, but here it's my job to make it easy and fun and tell you what's in my mug. So, like we were a few weeks ago, we're back in Guatemala, uh, but this time we're in a very different region. So we're uh, in a region called Acatenango uh, on a farm that is called La Soledad. Um, and La Soledad is owned by the Perez family. Um, my real contact at the farm has been Raul, who is the uh, younger son. Um, and he's a super cool guy and uh, speaks amazing English, which makes my life a lot easier. Uh, but he's also very good friends with my, uh, the other Raul, uh, Raul Rodas, who has helped me a lot in building my relationships in Guatemala. Um, so obviously he's just taken me around to all of his friends and got me to buy their coffee. Uh, but this is something that we're really excited to have. The altitude of the farm is uh, around about 1550 meters above sea level. And within the farm they have a whole heap of different varietals. Um, but the one that we're going to be focusing on this week is, um, is a Katura. Um, the farm is quite well known in specialty coffee circles. There's a num number of fairly high profile roasters in the US that buy this coffee. But as of yet, I've not seen anybody in the UK uh, working with this farm. And in fact, every time we sit down and have the negotiation with them every year, it's not how much do you want to buy? It's like, oh, we're not sure how much we can give you, which is a difficult conversation to have when you want lots more of it. Um, so fairly small lot, but it means that when we do have those conversations, we say, okay, you can't give me a lot, but how about you give me some different kind of lots? Um, and a little bit later on in, the, in, in, the, in my mug, we're gonna be looking at one of those different types that we've uh, got from the farm. They've processed it slightly different, which is gonna be lots of fun to try. But before we do that, we should maybe have a focus down on the tasting notes of this coffee. So we're going to do a comparison, we're going to do like a cupping uh, kind of face off if you like. Um, this one is a special lot um, that we've got from Raoul and it's a special cold fermentation. They've actually slowed down the fermentation of it, um, which is really exciting. We are going to be having this on the website for you to be able to buy. Um, so you can actually do this at home yourself. Just go on the website and, and buy a bag of this. And then here we have the Keturah, which is the lot that you're going to have at home. Um, so slightly different varietals, but the main part in this should be the difference in the processing, I'm hoping. So here goes. So the one that you don't have, the cold fermentation, for me, is incredibly creamy. It's um, very kind of big mouthfeel, a um, little bit of orange acidity, um, finishes with a little bit of green apple as well. Um, yeah, very, very good. So let's try it alongside the Keturah. So the Keturah has a little bit of that mouthfeel, but nowhere near the same as this one. Um, this is much more like golden sugar and I, what is golden sugar because somebody emailed me the other day and asked me what golden sugar is because I've started using it as a descriptor and you know what it is? It's like a little bit of white sugar and a little bit of brown sugar, it's somewhere in the middle um, if you want like a reference point. Um, this one is more typical of what I would expect um, from the region, from Akatenango, so a little bit more chocolate. Um, 
fantastic raisin on the finish as well, which you only tend to find in natural processed coffees. So it's really cool and fun that we found it in this, uh, in this washed one. Um, but what's the main difference between the two? Well, I feel this one is just a little bit more sharper, a little bit more crisper, a little bit more transparent, whereas this one is a little bit more smooth, a little bit more chocolatey, uh, a little bit more of a hug in a, in a cup than a you know, sharper and high acidity one. But if you want to try this at home, I really encourage you to do so. So Akatanango, how much do you know about it? I knew nothing, so I had to go and ask Geography Steve. So this is Geography Steve, and this week we're going to be talking about Fuego Atenango Mountain Range, which comprises of a string of five volcanic vents along the north-south area that is perpendicular to that of Central America. Uh, the volcanic arc in Guatemala from north to south is known as the centre of volcanism um, and the ancient Akitanango. Uh, the names of these volcanoes are Yepoca, Picamaya, uh, uh, Meseta and Fuego. Um, and that volcanism stretches uh, along the trend, goes back kind of more than 200,000 years um, since the, uh, the, the first eruptions there. This massive volcano complex uh, towers like 3,500 metres above uh, sea level um, and goes down to 2,000 metres uh, above the Guatemalan highlands in the north. Um, and it comprises of the remnants of multiple eruption centres, uh, which are periodically uh, kind of... Uh, thrown debris uh, throughout the many, many years. The largest of these avalanches extended more than 50 kilometres from its source and covered more than 3,000 square kilometres. Um, and for those who know nothing about volcanoes, that is absolutely humongous. Um, the only known historical eruptions of Akatanango occurred in the 20th century between 1924 and 1927 from the north of the summit nearer to Picamaya. Uh, and again in 1972, 1972, which was again was between Picomaya and Yepacarpa, uh, there were three explosions, uh, and they were explosions, uh, what they call volcanic bombs, um, and they fell near the summit of the craters and kind of went as far as 25 kilometres away. In prehistoric time, Akatanango erupted an awful lot more than that. So really in, grand, in the grand scheme of things, these are fairly dormant volcanoes, um, but we can kind of work out from you know, 80,000 years ago, they were still incredibly active. Uh, and they worked this out by the, uh, ex examining the vents, and, but also examining the lava flows from there. Um, and there's been around about 1,900 years uh, of explosions from Pico Mayo, around about 2,300 years of explosions um, uh, from Yepacopa. Um, and these eruptions, uh, if, they were happen, if they were to happen today, uh, would completely devastate uh, the whole of Guatemala. So kind of quite happy that those volcanoes are a little bit more dormant than they used to be. Okay, so my favorite part, the tasting. Um, I'm sure yours too. So in the espresso, um, you get that sweet sugar flavor coming through, that kind of golden sugar as I described it earlier. Um, what you do notice in the espresso, more than I did when I was cupping it, is that you get that raisin come running through. There's a lot more raisin in there. Into the milk. In the milk, it kind of smooths it over a little bit, so it's kind of a little bit more creamy, as you would expect. But it's also a little bit more of that chocolate coming through. It really raises the chocolate and pushes everything else below it. Um, 
If I'm going to choose my favourite, I'm going to say espresso. I think as an espresso, it's much better. Um, that raisin gives it a little level of complexity in there. Thank you for watching. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being really nice. Thank you for the music, the songs I've seen. No, <laughs> I'll stop rambling. Thank you for joining. And do remember, life is too short for bad coffee. Thank you for the music, the songs we're singing. Thanks for all. Nah.